Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hi, this is Monique. And this is Sydney. And you're tuned into Monique and Sydney's Open, Open Relationship. Relationship. It's going to be the type of conversations that normally we're afraid to have out loud. Is it okay to be gay? Friends. How many of us have them? Mother and daughters. Is it always all bad? The mind's like a parachute. It's no good unless it's open. <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> Hey, my loves. Hey. Welcome, everybody. This is Monique and Sydney. Open relationship. I love it, Daddy. You be so chill. Open relationship. I can't be you. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to show number three. Welcome. And we said that um, last week when we did the new show for this week, we were going to be discussing. What we're going to be discussing, Daddy. Can you stay mad longer than you can stay happy? But we had to abandon that because there were some other things that were on the horizon that we need to discuss. What were they? What were they? Okay, so I'm sure everyone has heard the latest and the newest about what's going on right now with these Oscars. Oscar. What's going on with the Oscars? And everyone has now heard that if you don't live under a rock, Jada Pinkett, mm-hmm. a Smith, Mm-hmm. said that she wants to boycott the Oscars. That's right. And she's calling for other actors and actresses in the entertainment field to boycott as well. Boycott it. Because um, the lack of diversity at the Oscars mm-hmm. and the lack of us being nominated for a trophy. And that seems to have gotten a lot of attention. And within the last week, a lot of people have contacted us reached out to us, Mm -hmm. wanting to know what are our feelings on Jada Pinkett Smith making that comment to boycott the Oscars and would I be boycotting the Oscars? Right. But before you you, you weigh in in that realm, we we would be remiss if we didn't speak about what we saw from Aunt Viv, who seemed to have had an opinion in reference to that, if folks weren't under a rock in that regard. Yes, you are so very right, Daddy, mm-hmm. because Aunt Viv, uh, the first one. The first one. Came out, and, and she made some really valid points. And um, when I listened to, to Jada, and she was saying how we all need to stand together for the Oscars, you know, because it's, it's really sad how we've been mistreated at that award show. In my humble opinion, I think we're taking a stand for the wrong thing because we're trying to stand up and say we're mad because you didn't give us a trophy, which is a gold-plated trophy, mind you. And when we're saying let's fight for something that, again, in my humble opinion, is totally irrelevant, to fight for a trophy or to fight for being invited to an award show, it totally it totally kills the point of what we really need to be fighting for and standing up for. You wanted to attack that right away because I thought we was going to just chat about what Aunt Viv said well, with that, that regard. Let's try no, 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 no. We're going to mix it in. But you wanted, to, you wanted to get into it right away. I get it. Daddy, I get it. No, you're right. Okay, but see, what Aunt Viv was saying was even when you think about— And her real name is— Cause you Janet, be right, right? But we all know it. Damn it, it's Aunt Viv. That was the Aunt Fresh Viv. Prince. That's, the, That's Aunt just Viv. like James from Good Times. God damn it, he will always be James. We know his name is John. Right. But that's Daddy James from Good Times. Daddy that's James. Aunt Viv. I don't give a damn how many Aunt Vivs they brought in. That was Aunt, Aunt Viv, Viv, baby. And she was saying, how could we fight for an award when people trying to pay their mortgage? When people are trying to survive, well, but you're saying and you're calling on all of the actors and actresses, especially the black ones, to take a stand. And she's saying you're asking people to sacrifice their careers. Now, why would you think? Now, I know. You know. Come on. But we got to say it out loud. Say it then. Why do you think she said sacrifice their careers? Well, I think when she said sacrifice their careers is because 
so many of us aren't giving the financial payments that we're supposed to receive. So to sacrifice your career, oftentimes when you speak out and you stand up, we are in a place called Hollywood that will say, well, then we'll sit you down. So when she says you're asking people to do this who may not be in a financial status that you and Will are in, how do you ask people to do that over an award, How over a trophy? How? And in my humble opinion, my sweet sister Jada and my sweet brother Will, y'all have already won. You've already won. See, Will is one of the few brothers that gets the multi-million dollar paychecks. And mm-hmm. about 10 years ago, from my understanding, he was getting 20 million a film. Again, Will never said it to me, but that's what the word was around the community of Hollywood. So if every time your man, let's say, gets a check for 15, 20, 25 to do a film, you've already won. You've already gotten the trophy. You've already gotten the awards, the rewards, because you get to live a life with your family and your children in ways that most of us never, ever can even dream of. Can ever dream of. So to ask my opinion about boycotting the Oscars, well, I didn't know we were going to have a boycott the Oscars because that's not some shit I watch anyway. And I don't know how many of us really tuned in. From my understanding, when the year that you were up for the Oscar. Because normally they, they kind of air that category of best supporting actress early in the show. Mm-hmm. That's and, the first one up, Daddy. Right. And that year, you were relatively close to the end because the word on the street were, was people were tuning out once you had won the Golden Globe, the Screen Actors, and, the, you know, the whole nine. And they were tuning out. So, you know, when you hear folks saying, I only tuned in because I knew you were going to be a part of it and I tuned out when it was over, speaks to us. So it's not as if historically that it's been something that we've been a part of, because when you say in the grand scheme of things, there's been one lead best leading actress who was Halle Berry. And I believe what, seven to eight additional actresses in uh, almost 100 year period which essentially, if we did the math, give or take some years and a few numbers, would be about one actress being being a winner every 10 years, every decade, mm, mm-hmm. when you break it down. Mm-hmm. So it's never been a, a, a point in which we have been a, a, a part of that, which is why for years you had always been speaking in reference to Let's lift up the NAACP Image Awards. Yes. Because that was the most important award that you felt that you had ever received simply because there's a level of being recognized from your people who have created something for your people. And we say for your people with the caveat that anyone who has a loving spirit, they're our people. But. In the world in which we live in today where there's this divisiveness where, historically speaking, there are white events. And with Hattie McDaniels, though she was up for it, there were death threats against her to come out to get it. So the year that she was nominated, being Monique, it allowed her to say she went out for it and allowed me to say I don't have to lobby for this thing. But that's down the road. So with that being said, I know because of the negotiations that I had with Monique or for Monique and discussing this with individuals that are calling and they say, hey, listen. First of all, we want to give props to this Academy Award winner. Hail to her. She's amazing. She's great. And then they give her an offer and they say how great we can make her look. Mm. The reason why Monique is saying and we're saying that. Jada and Will, you've already won based upon the money because if you look at the Oscar, because I've seen it up close, there are no markings on that for you to be able to swipe it at the Kroger's. Not one. You can't. Or Publix. You can't get a steak. Can't do it. You can't get a piece of gum. You cannot. Tell them you want it and they'll say we'll give you none. 
Try taking the Oscar to Popeye's. Try it. And get you a damn two-piece spicy. Get the white meat, because that spicy recipe, that Pop shit in. is delicious. You can't forget about the wings, though. You cannot, Daddy, but I actually like the breast, okay, with the barbecue sauce. But what can you do with that $10 million, $20 million paycheck, Come though? on. Can, I can you get, get you some Popeye's? I can get chicken for everybody in the community. But if I take the Oscar to Popeye's and sit it up on the counter and say, can this pay for my two-piece it can't pay for a damn thing. So when we start arguing or when we start trying to make a point over a trophy. A trophy. Over a trophy. And you're saying, sis, listen, we need to come together and unite. Well, here would be my question. Was the Oscars any less diverse last year? And what about the year before that? And what about the year before that? Or do we only speak out when it affects us directly? Mm. Do we only make noise when it comes in our backyard, even though we know our neighbor's backyard, they're getting devastated. But do we throw up our hands and say, that has nothing to do with me? I'm going to only speak out when it comes to my backyard. Well, right now it's in their backyard. It's in their backyard. And the reality is sometimes as we, the old saying, we got to get out our own way. Sometimes people don't understand the magnitude in which they are already winning, mm. but they are winning at an incredible rate. And that Academy Award nomination or win for them, it would not make them and it would not break them. But what would break them and what would be something to rally around is to make sure that you get fair wages in Hollywood. That's the real talk, because. We had to go through it together, but there was a level of bashing that you received, yes. not just from people who were white. We primarily heard it from people who were black yes. that were telling you. That's why this is not as much about white and black as it is about the thinking of individuals. And whether you are white or whether you are black, you do not have a monopoly on decency and or indecency on fairness or on unfairness. So when we've had conversations with individuals who said, I think your husband is overbidding you. Yes. He's overbidding you. But we're speaking about numbers that when you looked at what Matt Damon got for his first two, three movies at 300K, and that's what he got and never looked back. But then they want to offer you uh, a number that's reflective and now lower than what you received before you won the Academy Award. But we're overbidding you. What we're saying is we're not overbidding you. The individuals that look like us are underconfident. And what they're saying is you better know your place. Historically, you got to understand, guys, you know they're not going to play you fair. So if, for instance, Brother Tyler Perry, see, during that whole Oscar piece when we were going through it, mm -hmm. and they gave us a call or gave me a call, and they said, well, can we get Monique to go across seas to promote this movie? She did an incredible job when she was on Oprah and in promoting it, which she helped us push it overseas. And we simply said to her, well, she wants to take a little time off and spend it with the family. And they said, okay, hung up, call back. Well, what can we do to make it sweeter? Because we can give her a longer trip. Mm -hmm. We can extend her stay at the hotel. And hell, it's the French Riviera. Who wouldn't want to go there? Well, unfortunately, she's going to respectfully decline, but we thank you. Is, not, is there not anything that we can do? Well, let me ask you this. And maybe I can go back to it with this. Was there a price tag associated with what you're offering her? You would have thought I said, can you please pass the jelly? Come on. Oh! <laughs> oh, did he ask for money? <laughs> oh, baby, y'all, that's what he did. That's what they did. And we didn't ask. Well, we just simply asked, was there a price tag associated? Then I get a call from Brother Tyler Perry who says, I'm reaching out to you because... This can be huge for Monique. If she gets nominated for an Academy Award, don't you understand that she could be in a position to get three to five million dollars per film? I want y'all to listen to this now. She could get she could get three to five million dollars a, a film. Mm -hmm. And if she wins, man, six to eight million dollars, brother guaranteed. Mm -hmm. 
And I said to him, well, can I ask you a question? If they say to us that her deal was with Lee and she's done her deal with Lee and they owe her nothing, then she owes them nothing, right? Well, right. Well, the question I would ask is, why would she travel for free when she's already done this gig? Why would she campaign for an Oscar as if she's running for office when they're waiting to see? Because, see, when you run for office, you're trying to sell people on you have the history, you have the ability to do what it takes that once you take over presidency, you can execute that function. But when you are an actress and you've already executed the function, which is already on the screen, what is it that you would be campaigning for for your work is done? And that's the part of the vanity for an award that you said, listen, as I told Brother Tyler, she'd rather take family over fame right now. Come and, on. and Brother Tyler said, I can completely understand what you're saying, and you're right. But, 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 they asked me to call you up to talk to you because of the potential opportunity. And as we say this, as I say this, this is not to bash Brother Tyler by a long shot because people say, oh, they're calling him out. No, we're calling them in and we're calling them up because what we're saying is if you have real conversation about it, the way one was on a particular day is not indicative of how they feel today because how can you blame an individual for trying to be a mogul and they don't know what it is to have children that have come from their loins that you got to raise or a husband or a wife. They don't know what it is. It's about the business. So when they say that you're right, but. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Look for us online at play.it. And that's where the problem comes in. See, we're fighting for a trophy about the Oscars in an event that historically they don't want us to be a part of. Historically, they don't want us to be a part of. But there are some performances that you just cannot deny, and they know it would be a problem if they did not give those people those awards. However, when Brother Tyler Perry says to my husband, I know you're right. What you're saying is absolutely right, but... They told me to call you, so I'm just calling you up. This is what I would have appreciated from one black woman with a black man that quote-unquote sits in a position of power. Had Tyler Perry called up and said, listen, guys, they asked me to call y'all, but what I told them was, what is it that she's asking for? Because she's absolutely right. Y'all are asking her to do something for free where we will make the money because Tyler Perry also signed on to Precious as well as Oprah Winfrey did. What their financial gain was, I don't know. But so that we're not just the only ones making the gain off of Gabourey, Sidibe, and Monique, that brother took the back seat and said, I will call them to convince them to do this for y'all so y'all can get paid more money as well as I will, but we'll just do as we normally do with black talent and we'll use them up as much as we can. So for me, and again, like Sydney said, we're not calling nobody out, but to call you up and say, don't you see this as part of the problem? When we don't take a stand for us, when we don't say, wait a minute, guys, you paid her $50,000, and she actually did it for her friend named Lee Daniels. It was done as a favor and as a challenge. As a favor and as a challenge. Because when we read that script, by the time Sid and I got to page 10, he was like, Mama, this right here, you knock this out the box, it's going to be crazy. I called Lee up. I said, Lee, oh, my God, what the hell is this? And the first thing he said was, we're going to win awards for this. We got the Oscar with this one. And I said to him, Lee, if we save one life, that's our award. If we do what's on this paper and we put it up on that screen, that's our award, our reward. I'm not worried about no trophy. So the calls that we were getting from the quote-unquote powerful ones about this campaigning and about this award, what it says is we've bought into it too. And what it also says is bank on the promise that if you don't piss them off, maybe they'll do some work with you later on. Not anything definitively, but maybe they'll do something with you later on. And what we were simply saying is, listen, 
if you're promising a real opportunity or something of that nature, we're open to that. The deal is done or whatever the case might be. But you're essentially telling me that our position logically makes sense. But what you're trying to do is not put us or hopefully have us be in a situation where it can be construed as, okay, guys, you want to be paid for something. And we don't want you to be proverbially blackballed. And to Tyler's credit, almost prophetically, it was a situation where when you have Lee Daniels saying things like he's saying, once again, he's not white. He's a man of color. And when you have him saying that she was difficult to deal with and things of that nature, it becomes interesting because what no one knows is about this man who after the movie was. Well, first of all, during the movie, see, they don't know about you telling him, hey, there was a gentleman there who had twins that were playing a part in the movie that was getting ready to go out into a snowstorm to call a cab for his children. And she says, no, we got to get him a car. See, they don't know about the gentlemen who happened to be Caucasian that were messing with his lights and he couldn't get his shot right. And see, Monique overheard him and say, I don't care what he wants. I'm going to do it my way. And she said, Mr. Daniels, in front of a set full of individuals and called him out and said, this gentleman said he doesn't care what you say. I'm going to shoot it. I'm going to leave the lights my way, which subsequently led to the shoot being shut down. See, she wasn't difficult then. See, she wasn't difficult after the shoot when Lee Daniels, see, after the shoot, when Lee Daniels then called on her and said, can you bestow the le- uh, the, the man of the year award uh, on me through the LGBTQ community? So it's like, why would someone who's difficult why would you want her to give you a trophy for the man of the year? Why would you want her? No one was privy to see him calling her at 12 o'clock at night, crying on her shoulder, saying, I hate that you're the only one that I can come to. Why? Because he knows she's going to keep it real with her. See, no one was privy to hear that. But what happens is what folks are saying is something that we're not saying. What they're saying is, listen, You know the machine is big. You know the machine does not take favorably to people of color because historically when you look someone in the eye who was white and was part of the bigger machine. And again, when I say this, it's with the understanding that this is not indicative of all Caucasians because from slavery there was abolitionists. When you saw Martin Luther King, there were white people. Asians, folks sitting with them. And when you look at Black Lives Matter, you see people of all different colors sit there because we do not have any color. Does not have a monopoly on decency or indecency. But in our community, we have been conditioned. And they say it takes 30 days to be conditioned into doing something. Well, we have 400 years of being conditioned into being afraid of the machine. And what's been told to us is if you do not bow down, then it can create a problem for you. And what we said is this, if you continue to bow down, does that not create a problem for you? At what point do you have an opportunity to better your life if you don't speak up about it? Because what we ultimately saying, and why we saying, we're not trying to call folks out, we're trying to call them in, is to say, when you present what's real and you introduce another individual to their own conscience, then you get an opportunity to see if these individuals have this thing called character. And character is the thing that is not shown when you're winning all the time. It's the thing that is shown when you realize you made a bad mistake, and now you can apologize for that said mistake, and then you can make the necessary corrections. But if we stay quiet in our community, how can there ever be any conversations about corrections being made? And when we stay quiet and fearful of not just the machine, but people in our own community, when we are quiet and fearful. See, when Tyler Perry called me into that meeting in Las Vegas, when we were at the Neighborhood Awards for Steve Harvey, and he called me back into his room, and there was a room full of people, and he had about 10 security guards, and it was just about, it's a lot of people. <laughs> it's a lot of shit going on in it's there. It's a lot. 
So he excused all of his people, but I had security with me. Mm-hmm. And I told Tyler, I said, well, I'm keeping my security in here because I don't know what kind of shit is getting ready to pop off. And he laughed, but I wanted security to stay in there to hear the conversation. Because oftentimes we'll have conversations in private that we're too afraid to have publicly. And I remember him sitting me down in the dressing room in Vegas, and he says to me, listen, what you really want to do is consider rethinking what you're saying and go ahead and promote this movie. And the same thing he told you, he told me, mm-hmm. in reference to how much I could make and mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I then said to Tyler Perry, well, since you are part of this movie, I don't care where the money comes from, you can write the check from your company. And he said what and he said to you. He said, I'm not in the business, business of, of just writing, writing checks. checks and giving away money. And I said, Tyler, I'm not in the business of working for free. Mm. So when we have those conversations, and I've, I've had people ask me all the time, how come you ain't never been in a Tyler Perry movie? Because they know he got to pay me six to eight million dollars. <laughs> based, based upon what, what he, he said. said. And I don't know that there's been any black actress that's been in a Tyler Perry movie, that's made a million dollars. I don't know if there's any black actresses on the Oprah Winfrey Network that are making the money that they should rightfully be making as a star of a sitcom, as a star of a television show. We do it to ourselves. And we're not pulling Oprah out for no reason because she was part of the Academy buzz too. Yes. Because, see, Monique went on a show, and this is, again, to reiterate, because when you look at roots, when you look at roots, and we speak about slavery, when we look at roots, and we look at the first point of contact that the native indigenous Africans made with the slave master, the conduit to those individuals were black men standing on the shores looking like the uh, uh, indigenous people, but taking them right. To the slave master. They told us we was going on a cruise. Hey, they was going on a cruise. Ain't that a damn shame? All all expense paid. All expense paid. All expenses paid. So I say this to say oftentimes we do it to ourselves because I know what it is to be on a a Saturday uh, uh, in the bed with Monique and our children watching Curious George. And we get a call from Oprah Winfrey who's saying, listen. Where, where was the festival at? It was in Cannes. Cannes. Yes. Cannes. Let me get a private jet for you to bring you out to Cannes Film Festival. And the people want you. And she had expressed to them, you know what? I appreciate the lookout, but I can't. I'm right now I'm with my family. We're in there watching Curious George. Now, Curious George now, first of all, anyone who is a parent, Anyone out there listening who is a parent and when you say that you are doing quality time with the children, the first thing that it says that is said in return is we get it. You go ahead and spend that quality time because you know how precious it is. What we got from Oprah, what you got was I know, but. Right. Now, this is again, babies. When we talk about Jada wanting to boycott. For a trophy. For a trophy. Now, we're talking about our big tears. We're talking about Jada wanting to boycott for a trophy for Will Smith. We're talking about Tyler Perry saying, I know you're right, but. We're talking about Oprah Winfrey saying, I know you're right, but. And I'm saying, and and I'm looking at Sydney, and it's like, Daddy, they're saying, I know y'all are right. But, and these are the big wigs. And continue with the story, though, with her, with her that morning. Well, that, the story, <laughs> again, we calling people up, baby. We calling them in. We're calling, them, calling in. them out. But when Sydney and Oprah were having a conversation, and it got really interesting. And see, y'all, there are times I have to have what's called tact. And it can be difficult for me. Because if I feel like you're being out of order, disrespectful, or trying to be slick, then I start saying, listen, the hell with all of this title shit, the hell with you being a talk show host, the hell with me being a comedian. We get ready to be two women because you're starting to be disrespectful. But the conversation they begin to have, I forgot what you Well, she wasn't disrespectful that morning. She just wanted what she wanted, which was you to come out. But and was then that the I conversation asked her, where and she then said I what? Asked her, no, no. Oh, okay, the, there was another. The, 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 that was the, the morning when I said, do you mind if I speak, speak with her? And you put me on the phone with Oprah, and I said, 
you know, because she was trying to share. And again, I believe wholeheartedly there was a multitude of things going on. She was now a part of the film, so she wanted to promote it and make it as big as she possibly could. And also the chance of trying to boost what she was doing with Monique. So there was nothing sinister in her approach. And again, despite all the transpired, there's nothing but love for Brother Tyler and Oprah with the understanding that that morning I said to her, you know how you're telling Monique that you think that she's making a mistake by not coming? I said, you being the person that you are and you being a billionaire and you being as large as you are in this business, you're surrounded by some very smart people. Would you agree? And she said, absolutely. You must surround yourself with intelligent people. That's a rule of thumb. Sometimes, though you were uh, surrounded by those intelligent people, have you ever had to be in a situation where you had to be the person who said, you know, I know what everyone around me is saying, but I have to do this my way because no one was around with me when I started and when I was exhibiting my level of thinking and that you had to make a decision for yourself despite what everyone was telling you. Mm -hmm. And she said, you know what? It's funny you say that. Just recently, my whole team and staff was around me giving me advice in reference to what they thought I should do. But I stood firm and I said, no, I have to do it my way. Yes. And at that point, I said, well, what would be the difference between you and Monique at this very moment? For she feels that she needs to do it her way. And to Oprah Winfrey's credit, she said, you know what, Sydney, You're exactly right. And at that point, I said, well, I appreciate the conversation. I gave the phone back to Monique, and we hopped back in the bed and hung out with the children and curious motherfucking George. <laughs> okay. Okay. And it was funny because later on that day, I got a call from Lee as he was laughing, talking about mama. When she came back, she looked at me and said, you're right. She really don't care. And Lee said, that's what I told her. Like, she doesn't care about that. And let me be clear about something because somebody just uh, posted Speaking out, be careful, it may come back to bite you. Let me say this. If we don't speak out, it will bite you. If we don't take a stand, you will fall for absolutely anything whatsoever because you become too afraid to say what is right and what is fair and what is honest. And during that whole time, and I think too, Daddy. But but look at that. Okay. Be, be careful. Be careful. It may come back to bite you. Because you were honest, here's the thing. If someone has to speak out and they say, Monique, Sydney, you've mistreated us in some way, shape, or form, bring it to our attention because we are not too big to say, you know what, when you present it in that manner, you're absolutely right. Because, we'll, again, we don't monopolize what it is to be right, but we know the difference between wrong and right. So the key is here. This is not a conversation about trying to call someone out. This is saying, listen, if what we say seems at all reasonable, what type of dialogue can we have in order to, to receive this thing called parity? Because when I speak to my mom, when I speak to folks that live during the days of Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. See, there are a lot of people who were of color who said Martin should just let things be the way they are. Malcolm should just let things be the way that they are. And because they did not is the reason why there is no black and white fountain. And what happens is the scared individuals, and don't get me wrong, there's not, it's not as if as we say what we say, there's not as if it's not a reason to potentially be fearful because people are ruthless. People can be cruel. People can try to do things to not address what it is that they did to try to make it look like you're worse because that's where they are in their life and they don't see at the end of their life when they're in the midst of their life that they'll find that the important thing was how did you live your life, not how much money did you make during the course of it, and not how many people did you have to beat in order to win. It's how many people did you help win so we all can play and be successful together. 
Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Look for us online at play.it. And I think that's where, for me, with Jada speaking out about a trophy, had sweet sister Jada said, we need to come together because the pay... The wages is just not fair. Well, because that's not in Jada's backyard. Again, you're married to a multi-million dollar a film man, so the wages really don't make you a difference either way because your family's okay generationally. But had we had we stand together, have, if we stand together and we say, listen, why is it that our sister Jennifer Lawrence, who happens to be white, her first movie and she got $500,000, that was for Hunger Games. I don't know how many black actresses get $500,000 a film, and they're some of the veteran ones. I don't know how many black actresses have seen multi-million dollar paydays, and there are some performances that hands down wipe the board clean. But when we start asking for a trophy, our attention gets pulled away to some bullshit over a trophy. And if we really want to take a stand, at what point do we really stand? And not just the black actresses, not just the black actors, but all actors and actresses say we must demand equality. Because once we demand equality, the public gets a better performance. The public gets, the consumer gets a better performance. We must demand that our movies go into all the theaters that the white films go into. We must demand that with the studios, we get the same budgets they get. But we're still so afraid to say anything. I'm so sick of black producers coming to me saying, you know they gave us a low budget. And when I'm in those meetings with those white boys and they be talking about you and that you're difficult and demanding, I'll stand up and I'll say, well, what about Sandra Bullock? What about Julia Roberts? And then I say to them, but do you stand up and say, what about giving us a goddamn fair budget? And when we speak about the fear that transpires amongst us deviating from the Oscars, see, there's a gentleman by the name of Isaiah Washington Mm. who, in my humble opinion, That guy shoots straight from the hip, and he may be extremely blunt because we've had our disagreements, but I love that brother because he's one of the straightest-talking individuals you want to hear. And a real dude, and a real dude, so that the situation that he was called out for, not to bring it up, but I believe in my humble opinion, if he would have said it, he would have owned it. He's no liar. He's a straightforward cat. But let me give you an understanding how straight this dude is. And let me show you how the reality of the fear in Hollywood can take over. We as people of color. See, there's a gentleman that you all know named Malcolm Lee. He's done shows like Roscoe. Welcome home, Roscoe Jenkins. The best man. One and two. Roll bounce. Incredible director. Barbershop of six. I don't know which okay. one it is, 16, okay. 17. Okay, he did it. But when there was a particular evening that I got a call from Isaiah Washington and Monique was performing in New York, and I get a call and he says, Malcolm is going to be in New York. He wants to come out and see Monique. Can y'all set that up for him so he can get in? So I call Robin and let her know what the situation is, talk to Monique, and I'm like, make sure, you know, he good. And she's like, oh, my God, yes, of course. Laid it out for him. He gets in. Monique's on stage, gives him a shout-out, nothing but love, because what was the experience like on Roscoe Jenkins? Absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. Months later, after the whole uh, 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 concern and issue with Lee Daniels, Isaiah Washington gets a call from Brother Malcolm Lee. Because he's looking to do another barbershop. Yes. And he calls Isaiah to ask Isaiah Washington, hey, um, I heard Monique was difficult to deal with and everything. Is, is that true? Because we had worked on the film Blackbird together with Isaiah. And Isaiah said, well, you know, uh, I feel uncomfortable with this conversation, number one, that you calling me and asking me that. And I'm going to tell you why, because for you to call me and ask me that, why would you be asking me that? But you said that's your girl and you wanted to come out to see her in New York. And you had me get on the phone with Sydney and they set it out for you. I feel uncomfortable with that. Number two, you worked with her before on Roscoe Jenkins. So you know what it was for her, which is the reason why you said that's your girl and you want to go out there and support her. And number three, 
I don't play that shit. And I'm just letting you know, I'm going to let them know that you called me up asking about them. Now, I don't know where you're from because that ain't important. It's about where you are. But most cats don't roll like that. Most cats say, I don't want to be involved. That brother told them, I'm going to let them know. And then he let us know. Yes. But let him know that he going to let us know. So when I spoke to Malcolm, I'm like, hey, brother Malcolm. Brother Malcolm. Brother Malcolm. I understand you calling around, checking up on Monique through Isaiah to ask, is she difficult to work with? And he said, well, you know, yeah, I mean, the studio had asked me to call up and ask because, you know, you just be hearing things. I'm like, well, what was it like when you worked with her? Oh, man, it was incredible. Mm. So if it was incredible for you, why would you be calling him up to find out what it was like to work with her? And then he said, well, you know, to his credit, you know, I, I, I probably handled that wrong. No, in fact, I handled that wrong. I shouldn't have called him up. I should have just came straight to y'all. Well, what would you be coming straight to us about? What? To ask us, was she difficult to work with? And you've worked with me. And you worked with her. So much so, he wanted to bring over, or oh, I'm sorry, he asked me, what was my drink? Because one day we had to shoot a scene and we were out there for hours upon hours upon hours. The fight scene. Hours. No complaining. We just had to get it done. And that brother said, oh, Monique, I really appreciate that. I don't know how many would have done it with no complaining. What do you like to drink? What do you like to drink? So when you get those type of calls, y'all. But we ain't done. Go ahead, Daddy. Because you know, okay, unball my hand. Don't unball it. All right, then. So then, lear, lear, lear. then he says the reason why is because I wanted to make her an offer on a movie. Mm-hmm. On Barbershop, whatever number it was. Come on, because why? Why he want to make me the offer? He want to make you off because Queen Latifah turned it down. She said, no, thank you. No, thank you. And that's why she's a soldier and that's what she does, what she does, and is not lowering the stock of the black actress because she had to respectfully decline it. But there's an old saying in the business, what one won't take, someone else will. Yes. So what, hap- what had happened was... What happened, Daddy? Then he, he presented the offer and we said, hell to the no, can't take that offer. But, Daddy, must can we please tell him what the offer was? It's irrelevant. The okay. offer was so low because it's one of those things where when you say <laughs> it, when you say it under normal circumstances, people's like, well, that's a lot of money. But when you look at the amount of money that a small group of individuals can make and you are a lead, as opposed to be a part of a billion-dollar industry where they can hire multiple individuals who still need to be treated fairly, it seems like a law, an exorbitant amount of money. So the amount is not as relevant as the context in which it was spoken in. And then I said, well, here's what's crazy. She's won the Academy Award. You're making her an offer that was less than the one that she received for Roscoe Jenkins. And he said, I know, I know, I know. He said, man, look, the, the money is low. You should see what I'm taking. Look, I... I didn't get a lot for Best Man. I didn't get a lot for that movie, and it did incredibly. And I said to him, well, hey, brother, how are we going to better the situation for folks if you keep saying yes to offers that you know are low? And he said, it ain't that you ain't, it's not that you're not right. And again, to his credit, because he's a family man, and I'm sure a decent man, but the fear is real. And the acronyms for fear, as I was told by a gentleman by the name of Mr. Webb, he said fear stands for false evidence of being real. And what happens is he says, I just want to work. I just want to work, man. So when you have people that just want to work, there's not the relevance of what are you working for. See, the individuals at Walmart, they want to work, too. But they're saying, I want to work and I would like to get a fair wage. Mm. And without that conversation being had, there would be no efforts towards that fair wage being possibly hit. 
So what we're saying is this is not dialogue to be had to say, oh, they taking shots at, they trying to, because not at all. in our heart of hearts, this is a show when we say open relationship, we have to be open to the reasons why people may be fearful. So this is a show that says, look, we love and respect Brother Tyler. We love and respect Sister Oprah. We love and respect Brother Malcolm. But the reality is we got to love and respect ourselves enough to be open enough to not just say the people in Hollywood are just closed minded. They will not listen to you regardless. And they don't care about you. We're saying, you know what? They've been conditioned to think that their process is correct. But if we recondition them by having open and honest conversation, respectfully, decent, decently, not we coming in with pipes. We going bust somebody upside the head. <laughs> West side, set trip, get that. trip, walk. Whip if you can't ass, swim, if you can't swim, you bound to drizzle. Get it. Wrong button. Get it. get it. Get it. So if you can't swim, you bound to drizzle. Clizzle. Okay. So man. we ain't saying that. We saying, listen, let's have real dialogue and let's stick together. And by sticking together, I'm talking about sticking together from a standpoint of the community. Again, this is not black and white, about black and white. This is about touching the spirits of individuals and who are golden. And sometimes when they hear the truth and we put people in the position of let's treat people in the way that we would want to be treated. Mm. And you show them, would you want to be, if you are an Academy Award winner, which is the reason why we're saying respectfully to Sister Jada, uh, 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 Brother Will, who you've not heard anything from, you may be going down the wrong di- direction. We might be fighting for the wrong thing. And that's the reason why Monique said, I can't. I can't go out for an award because how vain would it be of me to go out for a trophy around the world for free and leave my family with the hopes of winning for my performance? And again, in this particular instance, I would have to say to the Academy Award credit to the people who chose and they knew about the uproar. They chose Monique regardless, which proved that she did not have to campaign for it. But after the fact, it was a situation where they said, we want you to come back and we want you to present the next year. Mm -hmm. And she said, I'm down. Are you going to take care of air travel and all that? And they said, Oh, no, that's not something that we do. So we said we understand it's not something that we do. You want me to pay for me to come on your show. You want me to pay for tickets to fly out, get my own hotel room, pay for hair, makeup, wardrobe, just so I can be able to say I walked the carpet at the Oscars and I was able to present this award. So there was no no bad feelings. No bad. They said they couldn't do it, and we simply said we couldn't either. But I think one of the reasons, too, Daddy, where people got in an uproar about me taking a stand is because of what I look like. What do you look like? I, Describe I think, yourself. I'm going to do it, Daddy, because I think had Halle Berry said it, it would have been perceived differently. But I think when I said it and people looked and said, hold up, you black, you fat, and you a woman, you should just be thankful they let your ass at the party. So however, are you going to take a stand and say they're being unfair? Now Because you ain't got no talent. Sure got talent. Okay, then. What you got? Okay. What you got? Sure got talent. You black, <laughs> you fat, and you a woman. I may be black. I may even be ugly. But I was free. You going to sit there and let that woman talk to you like that at your own table? <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 So when they see this fat black girl saying that's unfair. And again, my babies, it wasn't just white Hollywood and it wasn't all of white Hollywood because there was some cats out there. There's some white brothers that put messages through Lee. And one of them was Mr. Sean Penn. And Sean Penn said to Lee, you tell Monique to keep standing. And don't waver in what she knows is right. That's a white brother. So, again, it has nothing to do with color as we want to so make it. As Chuck D said, every brother ain't a brother because of color. Come on. And you're not not a brother because of your color. We get caught up in this thing called power. Whatever that shit means. 
We, and people were saying to me, you know, I got a, a, a DM message one time from Kim Whitley. Mm. And the first one said, matter of fact, I want to pull it up. So I'm, 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 I'm. You got records like Daddy, that? Daddy, I got it. You got now records I'm like shit. that? Okay. Oh. I got it. I keeps it. Okay. I'm going to just read you to you what the tweet, what the tweets were. The first one was, hey, girl, I read the article that was brave of you. Miss your friendship. One day I hope you will explain what happened to us. Stay strong. The next one tweet that comes in from, that came on February 20th. At 2.36 p.m., the next tweet that came in from Kim Whitley was March 13th at 11.57 p.m. Love you. Now, shh, stop talking. Be still and come back with a vengeance. And then I sent to my sweet sister Kim, in the words of Diana Ross and the Supremes, stop in the name of love before you break my heart. Think it over. Because she and I have had very intimate conversations intimate. about the business and about Hollywood. And I can remember one night she and I were out at uh, our sister Taraji's Oscar nomination party. And we were so proud and so excited because that performance she did in Benjamin Buttons was just kick ass. So while we're there having a great time celebrating Taraji, I don't know if this guy's still her manager or not, but he approaches me and he says, hey, We've been trying to find you. We want to bring you on. And he began to talk about what they wanted to do with me. And I said to him, listen, tonight is Taraji's night. So what we're not going to do is have any conversations with me about any business. We're going to celebrate my girl. And when that gentleman walked away, Kim Whitley looked at me and said, I can't believe you said that. You said that to him. And I looked at her and said, I can't believe you wouldn't. We're here to celebrate our girl. And this is what makes her difficult. This is what makes us difficult. Not we out on the street pimp slapping folks eating peanut butter sandwiches and coffee. We not just doing that. Ain't nobody pulling their ass out. Ain't nobody saying kiss it. Ain't nobody mistreating. See what makes it difficult is when people are used to saying whatever they want to say and no one says or gives any retort with regards to the way you're coming across is not fair. They are under the impression that it's okay. So when you're one of many, then you then become difficult. And it is true. It is difficult for us to allow and to take mistreatment sitting down. And as we sit here and say that we're not the individuals just speaking about individuals that don't know how to act right. Because when we dealt with HBO, When we tell you class act all the way, the Angela Tarantino's, the Mark Maynard's, the people that they had over at HBO when Bessie was being done was class. In the words of Scarface, it was class A chit, man. Yeah, what? Class A chit. Class A chit. (laughs) You sound like Fred Sanders. Oh, damn. Right, right. They were class all the way. I mean, all the way from the negotiations to the execution to the promotions. And it ain't nothing but love. And we jokingly said HBO don't stand for home box office. It stands for what? Helping blacks out. So when we look (laughs) at it. Helping blacks out. We ain't just here trying to critique and say, oh, everybody's better. No, because we dealt with individuals that knew how to do it right. And here's all they did. They treated folks like human beings. That's all. And I want to say also, too, in reference to HBO, because Queen Latifah was executive producer on that movie. Mm -hmm. She also made made sure that folks were taken care of. When I tell you she made sure the trailers were right, she made sure the food was right. It's the small things, but we as the talent, we know what it is that we need that's going to make it go smoothly. So there are oftentimes people that play the exec producer game, but it's only in name. It's only in title because they could give a good goddamn what's going on around you. I've I've been on those sets, too, where somebody says, I'm an EP, but it's like, well, shit is going horribly wrong. What are you doing as the EP? Well, I'm leaving. Well, how are you the first one to leave and shit is going wrong, but you're the EP. But and when it she's came called queen for, for a reason. reason. So we want to make sure that we're lifting us up when the lift up is necessary, mm-hmm. when we got to give props where props is due. So, again, guys, with this Oscars in Hollywood, there are some things that when it comes to an award show, listen, y'all, 
If you want a goddamn award, listen. Make get it. your children in the in the living room. Let them make an up award for your ass to say best mommy, best daddy. That'll be the best goddamn award you could ever receive. And guess what? You got so much goddamn money they can make it out of their own beautiful gold. But imagine if people that don't have that kind of money, Will and Jada. And we're saying, let's go boycott an award, but we're not willing to say, guys, and not even so much boycott. It's just a conversation. See, when the the media calls me up and they say, we want to talk to Monique to get her opinion on this Oscars and diversity in Hollywood. It's like, guys, why are y'all calling me? Call the people who are making the decisions. Yes. Because, see, what's, what's the lion's name? They just they shot all up. Cecil. See, when Cecil the Lion got shot up. They shot the shit out of Cecil. Did they? they try to interview his ass? Come on. No, because he got the shit shot out of him. Out of him. But <laughs> they went and they interviewed the individuals that was doing the what? The shooting. The shooting. Mm. Don't interview the people who are reaping the repercussions from not getting treated fairly. Interview the individuals that are bestowing the treatment on those same individuals. Right. Interview those entities because when you do, then that's when Monique looks like, oh, you just complain and oh, you should be happy just for what you have. And the reality is we blessed to have what we have. However, at what point do we say to ourselves, if it's not fair, how can it be right? How? And there are a lot of things that happen behind closed doors. Again, for quite a long time, the governor of Michigan knew that the water wasn't right. But it wasn't until people kept speaking out about it. Now it appears Hmm. that people are trying to work towards getting things done. And you find that white people, not just black people, white people and black people, Asians, all people are coming together Yes. Latins, the whole nine are coming together and saying, it's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. So, again, the trick is we want to demonize white as white at times has wanted to demonize black, had wanted to demonize Latin, had wanted to demonize Native Americans, had wanted to demonize the Chinese during the Chinese Exclusion Act, had wanted to to demonize the Japanese when they got bombed in Pearl Harbor. We are a bunch of spirits that are walking around in disguise with these things called bodies that we're carrying around. So when we come together in spirit and say, it doesn't matter what color you are, Mm -mm. doesn't matter how white the Oscars are, What color is the spirit going to be of the individuals that say we need to have fairness across the board? West Coast. Coast of West. And it's one thing that I want to address on too, Daddy, because I want it's on my spirit to speak on it. When all of this stuff came out with Lee Daniels, there was one person that got involved that I understood it, and I had to say, baby, you have no idea what kind of fight you're trying to have. And that was my sweet sister, Gabourey Sidibe. And when she sent out that tweet that, in essence, she was saying, Monique, you're messing up something that was beautiful. You know, you're, 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 you're making something that was so beautiful bad. And I couldn't take offense to it because I understood it and she felt like she was being loyal and I got to say what I got to say because this is Hollywood and I don't know where it was coming from. But that sweet baby didn't even understand the fights that were going on behind the scenes of that movie. That made you difficult. That made me difficult because I had to have fights for things to say we got to make sure she's taken care of. You know, right, because she doesn't know that you had to have a conversation with Leah again. This is what makes you difficult when she was at Sundance and you saw her and who's her hair and makeup. She doesn't have anyone. So, Lee, no one's here to help her out. Let me give her my hair and makeup team. See, y'all getting ready to go across seas to France. Where is she flying? Well, we got her something coach. She's a big gal. She can't fly coach. Lee, you got to get her first class. And to Lee's credit, but due to Lee's fear, 
Lee didn't ask the studio for it. He went into his pocket and he did it himself, which is the reason we don't want to make it seem like Lee Daniels is a bad guy because you have to bring it to his attention for his heart to open up. Mm-hmm. He's got a conscience. He's a decent person. But it's easy to have these spitfires back and forth like he's not. No, he's a wonderful human being, but you got to tap into the human being and you've got to get the ego out of the way, which is expectations gone overboard about yourself. But Gabourey didn't know about those conversations yes. that were had on her behalf, and she was too new to know to ask. So these are the things that didn't come up. These are the things that don't come out. But these are the things that has made Monique difficult for a very long time because she has the unmitigated goal to say, is it okay if the underdog has a little bit of shine too? Mm. Is it okay that Dave Talbert on a Myers Christmas gets treated like a director? Come on now. Is it it okay that people are not talking over Dave Talbert, who is an incredible playwright and an incredible director? Is it okay? We understand, Brother Will Packer, that you are a super producer, and he should get all the props that he should get. But we got to be super enough to give the props to super directors in the making and super directors who already are like a David E. Talbert for Myers Christmas. So we say all these things again, not to call people out, but we call in the men to say, is it all right if we have a conversation that will allow us to be fair to one another? That's it. Well, Just fair. And, and, and I got to give you all these things too right now. If you want to uh, hit us on Facebook, Please go to Mo and Sid's Open Relationship. And so that y'all know, too, y'all can hear the show in its entirety on Monday on Play.it. That is Play.it. And if you want to like us, go to Facebook, Mo and Sid's Open Relationship. And we really hope, you know, you you got what you got out of the show. Yeah. And, And that everything is being said really in love and that this is not just about entertainment. This is for you to take with you when you go to your job. This is for you to say when you see your coworker getting mistreated and their dynamic, it's okay to say, you know what, let's have a reasonable conversation with the establishment so we can make things better because it is a possibility that they too have a heart. But we understand that they've been conditioned to being a certain way, but everyone has an expiration date. And I believe that even those individuals who may be doing wrong are under the impression that they're doing right. But sometimes it has to be brought to their attention and we have to stop being so afraid of having the conversation. And when we do bring it up, then we're going to bring it up violently. There's no need for violence and there's no need for silence. Let's meet in between and have the real dialogue. If you can't swim. You bound the drizzle. You bound the drizzle. Okay, daddy. That was for brother Snoop. Because that's another cat, one of the realest dudes in the game. Come on. That cat is love all day long. The way he came came on the Monique show, not to mention Queen Latifah, but the way he came on the show and he said, there's a lot of our black artists out there that's afraid to come on the show because of their handlers who may be white. He spoke it. He spoke it. And that's why that man be having the success that he has because that's a real dude. And we love you, brother Snoop. All day long. T.I. T.I. We love you, brother. Tiny, we love you because they're the real ones in the game. When they give their word, they keep it. So real that when I saw T.I. Come on. And we were at a restaurant sit, sitting eating, eating outside. You know I'll be good with the names. What I was, know that. What was the we, name of that mall? Lennox. We were at Lennox Mall. Okay, yeah, because my I, family I, I, know I, I walked up to him and I said, hey, brother. Down here doing the Monique show, we can't have the show without the King of the South being on there. He around all his boys. Now, he ain't try to grandstand. He ain't try to front. He shook my hand. He said, you know what? I'm going to be there. Where was he? There. He was there. So it's love all day long. If we start putting value into us, if we start taking out the time to put value into us, That is when we become valuable. But the moment we buy into the mindset, it can only be one. It can only be one. 
See, people are saying, who's the next Will Smith? Who's the next? It's like the moment we say we're valuable is when we become valuable. So as my daddy always says, take the best. And leave the rest. The mind is like a parachute. It's no good unless it's open. There it is, baby. We hope y'all enjoyed the show. What's the name of the show? This is called Monique and Sydney's Open Relationship, baby. That's what's up. Okay. Why are you looking at me like that? That's how I do. I like it. We're going to wrap it up? Okay, we're going <laughs> to... We gonna wrap it up, baby. So y'all get a chance to really have the conversations but you're that talking we talking again. I know that it close it because I have a hard time with it. Hey, we thank y'all so much for tuning in to Monique and Sydney's open relationship. And again, remember the mind is like a parachute. It's no good unless it's open. Peace out. But one more thing, I want. okay. <laughs> We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com.